Welcome to Victory, a place to call home. We're here to help people find and follow Jesus, and we are so glad that you are listening. To turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. Follow along with me as I read there. This is Matthew. Uh, he is a disciple of Jesus. He later wrote this book, and he is giving an account here of how he first met Jesus and decided to follow him. And so I want to read to you his account of his experience when he first followed Jesus. It says this, As Jesus passed from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. Another translation says, Follow me and be my disciple. So he arose and followed him, now it happened, as Jesus sat at the table in the house, see, Matthew had invited Jesus and his disciples to come to his home, that, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees, the religious leaders of that day, saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he had something to say. <laughs> he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what it means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I want to remind you this morning that you can follow along with us. Um, our notes for this sermon are on the Victory Church app. And uh, I'll always like to say note takers are world changers and history makers. And so uh, take some notes today. I have a title of the text that I'd like to share with you this morning. We're going to talk about this subject in the next few moments. A healthy home. A healthy home. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you, Lord, for this incredible time that we have to gather together around your word and hear what you would have to say to us. Father, I pray that you would do in this moment what I cannot do, which is speak to our hearts and speak to our lives. Lord, our hearts are open and receptive to what you have for us today. Lord, we didn't come into this gathering, Lord, just to attend a service, sing a song, or hear a sermon, but we've come into this place to hear from heaven, experiencing your presence, and your power. Lord, speak to us today. Blessed, bless my uh, sharing. Let it be from your heart and bless the hearers, those that receive it today. Let us leave this moment changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, did anyone in this place today grow up in a home where you had to do chores? Some of y'all just went right now, ugh. You heard chores, and you were like, oh, chores, chores. Yeah, I did. Uh, for me, chores were like every day, though. Like, chores were like every day. It's like take out the trash, right, uh, make your bed, clean your room, get your clothes off the floor. How many times do I have to tell you? Uh, it's like do the dishes, which was like the most hated thing. Like, you know, growing up, um, you know, you, you guys these days, and we, as we become you know, more prosperous, you know, we have dishwashers. Oh, just load it in the dishwasher. I was the dishwasher. Come on, somebody. 
and I, I washed the dishes, I dried the dishes, and my, the worst part of it is I had to put them away. I, I just hated to put them away, because I didn't know where anything is at. How many of you men, do you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, you get into the refrigerator, and you're like, where is it? Like, it could be right in front of you, you know, it could be in plain sight. We don't know where anything is at, and, and so I just feel like that's just not a good job for me. Well, um, I did chores growing up. Um, but what do you know, not just about week, uh, weekday chores, but what do you guys know about Saturday morning chores? At 8 a.m. when the alarm clock is the vacuum cleaner and your mom is coming in there talking about, let's get up. And you've had a long week. You don't want to hear none of that. You're trying to put the pillow over your head. You're trying to keep on sleeping. But mama's not having it, so you got to get up and clean the house and clean the toilets and do all the deep cleaning for the week. And um, I just, just fond memories is all I got to say. Um, but when I was like 13, I went over to my friend's house for like a sleepover. Mine was blown. Because at this sleepover, like we went to bed super late, you know, what you do when you're a 13-year-old. We woke up like so, like we woke up at like 10, 11 o'clock. It was great on a Saturday morning. And I'm looking around like, you know, I got PTSD. I'm thinking like, it's time to wake up and clean the house. And uh, his mom, this, my friend's mom comes in there and goes, hey guys, um, I have got breakfast made for you in the kitchen. Are you guys ready to get up? Yeah, we're ready to get up. So we get up, there's like eggs and bacon and sausage and pancakes and French toast with a little sprinkled sugar on there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like good, like, like, a, a, like a big breakfast. And we're like sitting at this breakfast and, and then my friend's mom says to him, says, oh honey, I'm gonna go in your room. She's like, I'm watching this happen. She goes in his room. She starts making his bed. Like, she starts picking stuff up off the floor. She's, like, organizing stuff, throwing trash out. You guys good out there? You okay? Do I need to get you anything? And, and then she, like, comes in there, and, um, like, we're done with our plate. She said, let me get that plate for you. She takes the plate. She, she puts it in the sink. She starts cleaning it. I'm watching this. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, she's, like, cleaning, and then she's drying the plate, puts the plates away. Can I do anything else for you boys? How are you guys doing today? I looked at my friend and I said, bro, I said, you got it made. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> and we have different roles and responsibilities and we come from different backgrounds and, you know, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing or a good thing, but I think there should be and there could be perhaps a balanced approach to our roles and responsibilities in the home. Come on, somebody. You see, the reality is that it's human nature for you and I to move toward comfort and away from contribution. This is our human nature. We want to be comfortable. We want to sit around. We don't want to have to have a list and to do things and get up and vacuum and clean the toilets. That's not fun. We want to sit back. We want to watch TV. We want to chill. We want to have comfort and rest. And though these are two extreme examples of maybe what takes place in a home, it's an example of comfort on one end and it's an example of uh, contribution on the other end. Um, I believe home should be a healthy home, should be a place where there's not extremes of either comfort or contribution, but I believe that a healthy home should be a place of comfort and of contribution. You see, comfort 
is all about rest. It's about ease. And I believe your home should be a place of comfort and of ease and of rest. And I believe also that your home should be a place of contribution, of work. Sometimes you got to put away your stuff. And as I become, you know, a parent myself, I'm like saying the same things my parents said. Would you just turn off the lights? Would you put your stuff away? Um, you know, I'm becoming my parents, like, like many of you. Know, you know how it is, right? And at Victory Church, our heart as a church, and I believe God's heart, is for his church, the people of God, the gathering of the people of God, to be a place to call home. And so that's why we say, welcome home at Victory, yes. That's why we say, welcome home. But in this home, there's going to be times where you're going to have to sacrifice your comfort in order that you might fulfill your responsibility as a contributor to this home. Amen? And because our heart is to be a place to call home as a family of God, we contribute to a, a healthy home by believing this. And this is uh, the main idea of my passage today. This is a, a crucial truth from this text that I want you to remember. You write this down, underline this. Uh, write it down. Home is a place where belonging is the beginning of believing and becoming. And from this passage, I have three priorities today that I want to share with you. Three priorities of a healthy home. The first priority of a healthy home is home is a place of belonging. As Jesus passed from there in verse 9, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house. Jesus is in the house. He's sitting with many tax collectors and sinners, people of disrepute in those days, people that were looked down upon, people that should not be in the presence of of godliness and the presence of righteousness. The, these people were outcasts. They were ostracized. Ostracized. They were, they were cast aside. They were not a part of the elite. They did not belong. They did not fit in. And Jesus sat down with these people, he and his disciples. Because home is a place of belonging. Belonging says this. Listen to me. Everyone is welcome. Everyone. I said Everyone, everyone is welcome. There's no exclusivity in God in his invitation that everyone would be invited to follow Jesus. Come on, it's not how you grew up. It's not all the issues in your life. It's not your badness. It's not your lack. It's not anything that is going to separate you from God's call and invitation to follow Jesus. Doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how you've gotten here, doesn't matter the trajectory currently of your life in this moment, the call of God to you is to be invited to belong. It's a place of belonging. So it's a general or universal invitation, but it's also an individual invitation because he's saying to Matthew, I want you to join me, Matthew, and to be a part of my group. Come on, God knows you by name. 
He knows your name. He knows where you're at. He knows what situation you're in. He knows what you did last night. He knows what you did this morning. And still he reaches out to you because you belong to him and he wants you to be a part of his family. Hmm. And we have to see people as God sees people or we'll never love people as God loves people. I want you to see the contrast of the religious leaders versus Jesus. The religious leaders say, hey, look, I want you to change. They have to change before they join your group. When Jesus says, hey, come be a part of my group and you'll change. He didn't put these unrealistic expectations and some of you, before you follow Jesus, Come on, even when you decided to follow Jesus, there were still some things that God was working out in your life. You were not born with a halo on top of your head. And some of y'all have a past, and don't make me come out there and point at you right now. So as a place to call home, uh, Victory Church is a place where everyone is welcome. We don't discriminate on ethnicity. We don't discriminate on race. We don't discriminate on gender, we don't discriminate on religion or class or appearance or education, political affiliation or your lifestyle or your sexual orientation or your profession. Why? Because each individual has been uniquely and intrinsically created in the, in the likeness and the image of God. And so we all have value, great value to God. And so we don't look down on people, but we look at people eye to eye and we recognize that Jesus is calling every individual to follow him and to be a part of what he wants to do. But here's the problem. When we have this type of diversity, okay, it gets messy. messy. Diversity gets messy. You know why, right? Here, I'll, I'll illustrate like this. Like, um, my daughter, if she has a sleepover, you got kids, or, or if you have a sleepover at your house, you, like you got kids coming over your house that might have different backgrounds. Like things that are allowed in their house are not allowed in your house. Like the kids are jumping on the couch, right? They're not flushing the toilet. Like <laughs> they're running around, they're opening your refrigerator without any permission, right? Like they're just like just doing whatever they want to do, and you're just like, oh. And the next thing you know, they're like creating messes, they're throwing stuff all over the place. It gets messy. Because every person from different families in these diverse families, um, there's differences. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you might have some differences from the person next to you or the person behind you or the person in front of you. But we have to have diversity with empathy. We have to have grace and patience toward people's differences. This is called tolerance. And we have to be willing uh, to be tolerant on the things that are non-essential. Like, I wish, you know, that my wife would have the toilet paper coming from the downside, but she does it from the upside, right? <laughs> am I going to, like, argue with that? Like, am I going to, like, am I going to kick these kids out of my house and say, you can't sleep over at my house? You're making a mess. No. I've created a place of belonging where everyone is welcome. And as Victory Church, as a place to call home, Victory Church is a place of belonging where everyone is welcome. Now, here's the good thing about Jesus. Just because 
I don't want to um, paint a picture that's not exactly the way that, you know, it's presented right here, is that when Jesus finds you, okay, when he calls you to follow him, he loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. <laughs> Can I get a witness for the folks in this place today that know what it's like to follow Jesus because Jesus will start speaking to your life when you follow him about some things that ought not be in your life. And so it's not just a merely, oh, I'm going to follow Jesus and my life is going to stay the same. No, Jesus will change your life. Like he'll do something different in you. He'll, he'll change your desire. He'll give you a desire to be more like him. This is normative in the Christian life. We don't just talk the talk, but we walk the walk. Victory Church is a place of belonging where everyone is welcome, but we are in different places in our walk with God, and we are in different places of dedication and devotion and sanctification to Jesus. But home, the first priority of a home is home is a place of belonging. Second, the second priority of a healthy home is that home is a place of believing. Home is a place of believing. In verse 11, when the Pharisees saw it, that Jesus had invited, was sitting down with these tax collectors and these sinners, and, and, and it was this controversy, and this was this scandal. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Jesus is saying this, home is a place of believing that I am the one who can heal your sickness. But in order for me to heal your sickness, you have to first realize that you need a physician. Jesus said, I didn't come to call you righteous Pharisees. Y'all think you have it all together. You think you know God. You think you are followers of the truth, but on the inside, you're empty. On the inside, you're unloving. On the inside, you don't care about people. But when those who are, realize they're sick and in need of a physician realize they're sick and they call out to Jesus to heal them of their sin sickness, they can be made whole. Believing says this, Jesus changes everything. Be belonging says that everyone is welcome. Believing says that Jesus changes everything. Here's the good news. The good news is that Jesus has the power to change your life. There is nothing too difficult for the Lord. He's a physician. Come on. He's a healer. He's a savior. He's a way maker. He's a deliverer. He's a light in the darkness. Come on. He's a bridge over troubled waters. Come on. He's, he's, he's bread when you're hungry. He's water when you're thirsty. Come on. Jesus is a friend to those who don't have a friend. If you need a lawyer, he's a lawyer in the courtroom. Come on. He's a healer in the sick room. He's everything that you need. Jesus is the answer and Jesus changes everything. What you believe is important because it informs what you do. What do you believe? What do you know? What is the source of your knowledge? These are vital questions because what you believe informs what you do. But we have a society and a culture that is filled with misinformation or disinformation. 
Like, we get our source of information from Google, and if it's on the internet, yeah, right, it must be true, right? Or, or, oh, I watch TikTok, and so I'm getting theology off of TikTok nowadays. Come on, somebody. We've got to find out the truth from the Word of God. Our information and the truth is only as good as the source of our information, and we've got to find out what God says so we can know who God is, so we can know how to live a life that pleases God. And at Victory Church, we place a priority not on tradition, but on biblical literacy. What does the Bible say? The Bible is the source and the standard of truth. And that's why Jesus said, you've heard it been said, such and such, such and such, but I say to you. What he's saying is that tra traditions of man make the word of God of none effect. And so you have to be a part of a church that elevates and exalts the written word of God. Victory Church is a place of believing that Jesus changes everything and that Jesus is the answer to the problems of life. So last night, uh, I took um, Anthony, my son, three-and-a-half-year-old son, and I did a brave thing. I'm trying to score points with mama, y'all. Come on, dads. You know how it is. Like, when you're scoring points with mom, you're going to cash them bad boys in later. And um, so I take Anthony, uh, my son, to the men's picnic. How many of y'all were at the men's picnic? Come on, somebody. We have food. We have friendship. We sang songs. Some of them, that's what you call singing. We made a joyful noise, right? And uh, we played cornhole. It was great. We ate good food. My son discovered um, Coca-Cola for the first time yesterday. And somebody ratted me out, though. Like, somebody took a picture of this going on. I was like, what are you doing? And he sent it to my wife. And, uh, yeah, she said, she said, really? That was her text. Really? I was like, yeah. Uh, he's having a great time. He's having a good time. He had Coke spilled all over him. He had the Coke in his hand. He did not part with that Coca-Cola. He was drinking that. He loved it. And then some of these wise guys started feeding them cake. Because there was a cake there, like, you know, like a sheet cake from Costco. So they started feeding them cake. Junk food, junk food. How many of you know that what you consume affects how you think, feel, and act? <laughs> this guy, he started running crazy around there. His eyes got like this. He was going around like this. He's giving everybody high fives. Like, what are you consuming? <laughs> So what you consume determines how you think, feel, and act. If you're consuming craziness, come on, you're going to act crazy. If you're consuming uh, darkness and depression and defeat, you know what your actions are going to line up with? Darkness, depression, and defeat. If you're consuming lies, then you are going to live a lie because what you consume affects how you think, feel, and act. What you believe determines how you will behave. You've got to find out what Jesus said and believe what he says and who he is. He is a physician and he changes 
everything. He changed Matthew's life. He's changed my life. He's changed many of your lives in this place today. Can we give Jesus praise that he changes everything? Come on, he's changed me. He's changed me. I'm no longer the same person that I used to be, but I made a decision to follow him. I made a decision to walk with Jesus, and now my life has been changed. I'm no longer the same person that I was when I was 19 years old. Come on, I was broke. I was busted. I was disgusted. I was beaten down. Come on, I was lonely in this world, but I heard the call of God inviting me to follow him, and when I followed him, come on, he changed my life from the inside out. And what you see here today, I stand here today by the grace of God because I believe that Jesus changes everything and I made a decision to follow him. He could do the same for you. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. Come on. If he did it for you, he can do it for the person next to you. If he did it for the person next to you, he can do it for the person in your classroom. Come on. If he did it for, the per for you, he can do it for the person in your office. If he did it for you, he can do it for anyone. Jesus changes everything. So home is a place of belonging. Home is a place of believing. And finally, as I close, and P.O., you can come here. Home, a healthy home is a home that is a place of becoming. I love this. So Jesus, in verse 12, heard that, and he said to them, those who are well who have no need of physician, but those who are sick. And then he says, but go, Jesus says, and learn. Might want to underline that, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous. In other words, another translation says, I did not come to call those who think they're righteous. But I've come to call people who realize that they are sinners to repentance. Becoming says this, nobody's perfect, including me. These Pharisees, they're a trip. They think they have it all together, and Jesus goes ahead, and he goes ahead, and he puts them out there. He says, look, y'all don't, you really don't know what you think you know. And this is a challenging message for all of us, maybe who have walked with the Lord for a while. And we're at different levels of our understanding or our um, commitment to God or our devotion. You know, we no longer smoke, right? We no longer cuss. We don't treat people. We don't fly off the handle anymore, some of us like we used to. Some of us do. We put you in traffic. Somebody cut you off, but I'm just saying. We're at different levels of commitment in our walk with Jesus. But sometimes we forget that we're still a work in progress. Come on, your mama is still a work in progress. Your daddy is still a work in progress. Your grandma that loves you, she's still a work in progress. Your pastor is still a work in progress. Pastor Lenny has arrived. He, he has, he's the most spiritual one I know, but I'm going to tell you, I feel like even Pastor Lenny, God's working on him with some things too. And we've come a long way, but oftentimes we forget how far we've come. And we don't have patience with people. I smell smoke. I can't believe they come in here with a drink. Dear Lord Jesus, Ethel, get your purse. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but your spiritual growth 
is not measured merely by what you know, but it's evidenced by how you love. <laughs> I just said a mouthful right there. It's not known by just what you know, the information you have, but by the transformation in your life and how you are able to love others. Mm. And this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, nobody's perfect, even you rascals. Y'all think you have it all together. But I want you to go, and I want you to learn something. I got something for you to figure out and to learn. And that is interesting here because when he says go and learn, it's a commandment. It's not optional. It's not like a suggestion. It's not like Jesus saying, go, and if you want to, maybe, maybe learn or whatever. No, Jesus is saying, I want you who thinks you know what you know and you think you got it all together, I want you, you Pharisee, to go and to learn. So it's not just in the imperative mood, which is a command, but in the Greek language, it's, all, it's also in the, uh, in, the, in the progressive tense. So this is, it's a continuous verb. In other words, it's like, go, keep on going, and, and learn, and keep on learning. In other words, you have not arrived. Increase in your knowledge, both through use and of practice. So Jesus is saying, like, learn and keep on learning. Here's what I want you to learn. I desire mercy. I desire you to not give people what they do deserve. That's what mercy is. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. If all the sacrifices you're making, you know, you're coming to church, you're giving, and the offering, come on, you are attending connect groups, which is... Uh, a vital part of what we do here as a church. I'm going to throw a plug in. You need to be connected in a connect group. We're launching those connect groups this week. We're going to have a table out in the foyer. Why? Because you cannot fully follow Jesus without being committed to be connected in community. Just going to put that out there. My infomercial. And uh, sign up for a connect group online, victorywinchester.com. Um, or through the app. And, and Jesus is saying this, continue to grow, to continue to love, continue to mature. But the problem is we're educated oftentimes beyond our obedience to love others. See how educated these Pharisees were? They're too educated. Like their, their knowledge puffed them up. They brought pride to them. But Jesus is saying, if you really want to be mature, then love Love one another. It's, it's less about information. It's more about imitation. So this leads me to talk to you about, and I wanted to illustrate this. Home is a place of belonging. Home is a place of believing. It's belonging in that um, everyone is welcome. It's a place of believing and that Jesus changes everything. And finally, it's a place of becoming and that nobody's perfect, including me. Orphans um, that have been put in an orphanage. There's been studies on these children, and um, oftentimes, because of the environment that they're placed in, it stunts their growth. And uh, maybe they don't physically or emotionally or intellectually grow as they should. They're spiritual orphans because they don't have a place to call home. They don't have a place of belonging. 
they don't have a family. They don't have a healthy, consistent environment. And that's the way some of us are in our walk with Jesus. You see, when Jesus called this man, Matthew, to follow him personally, gave him a personal invitation, he began to follow him. But he didn't begin, he didn't follow him on his own. He followed him in a family, in a group. And when you give your life to Jesus to follow him, you're invited to come into a family. And when you come into a family, it's a place in which you receive, you're comforted. We're comforted when we come together in the presence of God, when we sing songs and when we hear the word and when we encourage one another. When we uh, have meals together, we share meals together, we're comforted. But also we're called to contribute. You see, contribution and the call out of your comfort zone can be a great friend. And some of us, you know, we've been out of church maybe or sporadic with church or sporadic and being connected in our involvement. And it's resulted in us being spiritual orphans. We haven't grown the way that we should grow. And we're not really on our faith journey and following Jesus. And we're not mature like we say we want to be. But this growth only takes place in healthy, consistent environments. Victory Church is a place to call home. It's a place of belonging. It's a place of believing. And it's a place of becoming. So today, I want you to imagine, if we pursue the heart of God to provide for everyone as a church a place to call home, a place where everyone's welcome, a place where no one's perfect, but a place where Jesus changes everything. Stand up on your feet all across this room today. We're going to close in prayer. As we do, we have wonderful, wonderful people who love Jesus. Um, they're going to come and they're going to make their way down at the front here. And uh, they love to be able to pray with you. Just some precious people that really care, that love Jesus, that love you. Want to be able to um, take whatever burdens you're carrying and bring them, present them to the Lord. And this is what's so powerful is that when you come to Victory Church, you don't just come to a gathering of people but you come as a family, a place where we love, a place where we encourage, a place where we support, sometimes a place where we correct, but a place that's called home. It's a place that's safe. It's a place of growth. This is a house of miracles. This is a house of healing. This is a church of reconciliation.